Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would speak your word to us, that we would hear your fruit, hear your word, and that it would bear fruit in our lives to the honor and glory of your name. Amen. Please be seated. And as you're being seated, if you would grab the Bible, uh, either the one you brought with you or the one in front of you under the chair in front of you, and turn with me to Matthew chapter 3. If you'd like to follow along in the red Bibles in front of you, it's page 808, 808, Matthew chapter 3. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. So these are the words of John the Baptist that we hear every year during this season of Advent. We hear it every single year. Every year we are told again, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. And until Jesus returns in glory, until his second coming, we will hear these words again. Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now, some of you have heard this before, and I'm okay with that, but I'm going to say it again. I'm going to use this illustration again, uh, so if you've heard it before, that's okay. But back in 2007, in the country of Uganda, that's their flag in the back corner back there, um, in Uganda, they were hosting what was called the Commonwealth Heads of Government Meeting, known as CHOGUM for short, which consisted of heads of government from what was formerly, uh, mostly, former parts of the British Empire. And the important thing about this, for many people, was the queen was coming. Royalty was coming, and this was a huge deal in Uganda. Now, I was in Uganda just a couple months before that event, and just about everywhere you went, you would see these giant billboards with phrases like, are you ready for Chogum? Now, I will say the most notable change that I saw, being an outsider coming in, the most notable change that I saw, I experienced on the roads. Now, no disrespect to Uganda, but they are not exactly known for uh, smooth, well-tamed, well-maintained roadways. And so, when you're driving in Uganda, typically, you're dodging potholes or sometimes just admitting defeat and not even bothering to try to avoid them. That's kind of the norm. And you'd be driving along, and all of a sudden, in preparation for this huge meeting, you'd be driving along in potholes and everything, and all of a sudden, you'd come onto this pristine, brand new, smooth road. And you notice the difference. They had laid miles and miles of brand new roadway in preparation for this. So you'd be bouncing along, and all of a sudden, you'd hit this perfect new road. Because royalty was coming. And so they literally made the roadways ready to receive her. Well, rewind that back 2,000 years and go into the desert of Israel. The image here is the king has been away for many years, but he's coming back, but there are no roads. And so here comes the herald going in front of the king, leading the way, going ahead of the king to call out to the people, the king is coming, let's make some roads for him to ride on, make them nice and straight. That's the message that John the Baptist declares here in Matthew 3. So in speaking about John the Baptist, quoting from Isaiah, it said this, for this, John, is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, when Isaiah said, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, 
prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. The king is coming on the way, and so the herald goes ahead of him to get everybody ready for his arrival. The king is coming, so everybody get ready. John is the billboard asking, are you ready for Chogum? And so in our passage today from Matthew, it speaks of preparing for Jesus' arrival, getting ready for him to come. It's talking about getting ready for him to come in his ministry all those years ago. We read it again each year to prepare for the celebration of Christmas, but also to get ourselves ready and prepare for his second advent. His second coming, when he will, as the creed says, come again with glory, in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. And so we need to prepare, as it says, to get ready for his coming. And so in looking at our reading from Matthew 3 this morning, I want us to see two things that John the Baptist specifically says that we need to do in order to prepare. Two things that each and every one of us needs to do in order to prepare ourselves well for the king's arrival. Two ways that each one of us need to do that. And so the first is this. Because we must prepare, we must repent. We must prepare, so repent. Verse 1 says this. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then it says those words already read today. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. John is that herald that runs ahead of the king, telling everybody he's on his way, he's almost here, here he comes, get ready. And he specifically says that because the kingdom of heaven is at hand, because it's near, people need to get ready by repenting. We must repent. Acknowledging our sin and turning away from it. Now, repent does not mean endlessly feeling terrible about ourselves, thinking we're worthless. But it does mean honestly acknowledging that we sin and that in ourselves we are sinners. It means willingly laying bare what we've done wrong, not trying to hide it or simply ignoring it. It means honestly facing our sin and being open about it before God and then stopping it and going in a new direction. Repenting is not just saying, I'm sorry, but it's that gut-level apology followed by going in a different direction in the future. So, in my, in my life, I have uh, held a variety of different roles within the church over the past 15 years or so, and one of them was I was the children's pastor at a church. I actually had, I wore a lot of hats in that church, but one of them was I was the children's pastor. And I remember once with a, a, a bunch of kids doing a, what I sort of felt was a rather silly activity. Um, I hope it was memorable to them, but what I've realized is it was incredibly memorable to me. And so to illustrate with a, a bunch of young children the concept of repentance, I had the kids in this sort of large room just sort of walk around doing whatever they wanted to do. They were just walking around the room. And I would call out 
repent. And what each one of them had to do in that moment was kneel down, cross themselves to sort of show a sign of, uh, uh, to represent confession, confessing our sins, and then get up and turn and go a different direction. It was kind of silly, it was kind of fun, but for me, I thought that was actually a really good illustration of what repentance means. Stop. Confess our sins, acknowledge what we've done is wrong, and then move in a new direction, in holiness. So as it says in verse 6, that the people who heard John's message were moved and came to him confessing their sins and were baptized. Baptism symbolizing and enacting that ultimate repentance, dying to the old way of life and rising to new life and new godly living. That's the way they responded, coming to him and confessing their sins, repenting and turning away from what they had done. So to us here, responding to this call to prepare for King Jesus' coming must include individual and personal response of repentance we must each personally repent and accept jesus and what he's done for us on the cross and once we have repented and accepted jesus's death and resurrection for us we need to then continually repent and turn away from any sin that we find ourselves in i also want to say this is not just for especially blatant sinners at the time this was partially directed specifically at religious leaders of john's day who were especially careful not to do anything wrong but their pride was so great specifically because of how good they thought their lives were they needed to repent just as much as anyone else and so this is the call for all of us to repent, no matter how visible or hidden our particular sins happen to be. Repent and turn away from all sin. Now I want to draw your attention to the, the trees that are up here. You'll notice, of course, that they look a bit unfinished, being up without any decorations or lights. I will tell you that is actually on purpose. It's not because we forgot to plug in the lights, though, pointing fingers at myself, we did forget to do that for the first Christmas Eve service last year, but that was an accident. But this is actually on purpose. The Christmas trees being here, but being unlit, is supposed to be a visible representation that things are not as they should be yet. Jesus is here, but he's not in the way that he will be one day. The kingdom is here, but not yet in its fullness. There's an incompleteness to it, and that is one of the central themes of the season of Advent. God's purposes are not complete yet. They've begun, and we know that the end is certain because of the cross and resurrection, yet the fulfillment of God's purposes is still future. It hasn't come yet. It's not yet as it should be. And in this case, in light of the message today from Matthew 3, the fact that his purposes are not yet fulfilled is actually a tremendously good thing. The fact that he has not yet returned as king and judge means that there is still time to repent. 
And so these trees, which remain unlit, are a reminder that the time is near, but there is still a chance for us to change and repent and turn to Jesus and be filled with His Holy Spirit to bear fruit in our lives in keeping with our repentance. And so these unlit trees serve as a reminder that the fullness has not yet come. So in context here, so there is still time to repent and turn to Jesus. But they are also a reminder that the celebration is coming soon. Jesus is coming. There is not unlimited time to prepare Repent and turn to Jesus while we still have the chance. Don't wait, because as Jesus says in Revelation 22, I am coming soon. And the church calls out, Amen, come, Lord Jesus. He is coming. So repent and turn to him while there is still time. We must prepare, so repent. And second, we see here, we must prepare, so bear fruit, it says. Look at verse 7. But when John saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, these are religious leaders, when, when John saw many of the religious leaders coming to his baptism, he said to them, you brood of vipers. By the way, that should be on all Christmas cards, I think, just so you know. You brood of vipers. Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. So if repentance is sort of the negative, turning away from, this is then the positive. Bear fruit in keeping with that repentance. Turn away from sin, but then also bear fruit. Live a life changed. Produce good things as a result of turning to Jesus. So this is actually something, if we know what to look for, that we see in our baptism services. So in our tradition, uh, in, in baptism, those being baptized are asked six questions. And the first three are all about what you turn away from. That's the repentance questions. All these things you turn away from and turn your back to. And then the next three are all about what we turn toward. We've got the repentance part, and then we've got the part where we turn toward and commit to bearing fruit in living a new life. And so we're asked things like, do you turn to Jesus? Do you joyfully receive the faith as expressed in the Bible? Will you obediently follow God's will? Bear fruit. Live that out. Bear fruit in keeping with our repentance. So our lives should not only be marked by repenting from sin, which it needs to be, but not only that, But then also, our lives should be marked by faithfully living joyful and fruitful lives as a result of that repentance. And we need to humbly get on our faces before God, honestly recognizing truly how sinful we are, but that there is absolutely nothing in ourselves that would earn God's favor towards us, but then because He has expressed His favor to us, who don't deserve it, because He has welcomed us in His immense goodness, He has adopted us and loved us and welcomed us and received us, we should then, as a result, live joyful in lives of joyful celebration for what God has done for us in Christ. Our lives should show evidence of our repentance in how we live. Our lives should be continually less and less sinful and more and more holy 
and pure in following our Lord. Now, everyone is going to be on a different place in that journey. But all of our lives should be moving more and more towards purity and holiness. And the truth is that the evidence of a real inner spiritual life is always the fruit of a changed external life. The evidence that we have a real spiritual life and connection and relationship with Jesus will always be lived out by a changed external life. We are not saved by our actions. We are saved by God's grace, which we receive in faith. And then as His accepted and loved and saved children, our lives should continually become more and more pure as He is. So we must prepare for Jesus' coming. So bear fruit in your life in keeping with your repentance. But there's another part to all of this. We must prepare, but the culmination of all this is that all of this is pointing towards what we are preparing for. All of this points towards, all of this preparation points us towards the truth that God is coming. All of this preparation points us toward God's work. The herald goes out calling for people to make the roads ready. John calls us to make our hearts and our lives ready. But the fact is that we are getting ready for something. We are told to prepare. We're told to get to work, to repent, and to live lives that bear fruit in keeping with our repentance. But all of that preparation is getting ourselves ready and responding to what God does. See, we get ready, but the King comes. Jesus has come, and He will come again. It is God who fills us with the Holy Spirit, as it says in verse 11. It is God who gathers up the wheat, the good stuff, into the barn, but the chaff, He burns up, verse 12. This is God's work and not ours. We get ready, but His work is the ultimate point. His work of coming to us in the person of Jesus. His work of paying the penalty for our sin on the cross. His work of rising victorious over sin and death on Easter. His work of filling us with power from on high, filling us with the Holy Spirit. We get ready, sure, but the focus is always on Him, who He is and what He has done for us. The focus is on the One who is coming. And so as we go through this season of Advent, knowing that the King Himself is coming, what will you do to prepare? What areas do you need, honestly, do you need to repent of, to turn away from? I absolutely guarantee that every single one of us has numerous things that we need to stop doing and turn away from. And if you don't think you do, you can come talk to me. I'll help you find it. You can turn to your spouse. He or she will happily help you find it. But what areas do you personally need to repent of, turn away from, in order to follow Jesus more closely? 
We need to repair, prepare, so repent. But then also, in what areas of your life can you bear more fruit for Jesus' sake? As a result of your new life in Jesus, what ways can you display and live out that change for His glory? Who in your life needs to hear about Jesus and see your changed life? Who in your, in your home needs to see a change in how you respond when you're angry? Who in your family needs your time and your prayers? What spiritual habit do you need to cultivate to draw closer to Jesus, to the glory of His name? Friends, remember these trees are still unlit. There is still time to repent and bear fruit for Jesus' kingdom. But we also look with hope and joy to the day when Jesus will return and flip on the lights. When He will return in glory and the glory of God will be seen. When He will return and His work in the world will finally be completed. So may we be ready. May we be a people prepared who repent of our sins and turn away from them and turn to Jesus to bear fruit. Fruit of lives lived wholeheartedly for our King Jesus. Receiving with joy His work for us in this world. As Jesus says in Revelation 22, Surely I am coming soon. And the church replies, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen.